listening to Nightlight. And nice to be with you for another Nightlight show. Well, I thought that on this program it would be refreshing to get our minds off of the problems of this old world and listen to some inspiring devotionals on heaven penned by Charles Spurgeon, who's definitely one of my favorite classic devotional writers. These readings are taken from his morning and evening daily devotionals, as well as a few from Faith's Checkbook. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, I've been blessed over the years to be able to use as musical backgrounds to my devotional readings a large selection of beautiful instrumentals by Michael Dooley, John Lisson, and Michael Fogarty. In this show, instead of complementing the readings with songs, I'm going to feature a selection of Michael Fogarty's instrumentals and let you enjoy the whole instrumental without my voice over it. So... Let's start with one of Michael's instrumentals called Three Days in Heaven, which I've used under a lot of my readings, but this time you can enjoy the full track without interruption to set the mood for these meditations on heaven. Enjoy. draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. Revelation chapter 11 verse 12. Without considering these words in their prophetical connection, let us regard them as the invitation of our great forerunner to his sanctified people. In due time, there shall be heard a great voice from heaven to every believer, saying, Come up hither. This should be to the saints the subject of joyful anticipation. Instead of dreading the time when we shall leave this world to go unto the Father, we should be panting for the hour of our emancipation. Our song should be, My heart is with him on his throne, and ill can brook delay. Each moment, listening for the voice, rise up and come away. We are not called down to the grave, but up to the skies. Our heaven-born spirits should long for their native air. Yet, should the celestial summons be the object of patient waiting, our God knows best when to bid us come up hither. We must not wish to antedate the period of our departure. 
I know that strong love will make us cry. O Lord of hosts, the waves divide and land us all in heaven. But patience must have her perfect work. God ordains with accurate wisdom the most fitting time for the redeemed to abide below. Surely, if there could be regrets in heaven, the saints might mourn that they did not live longer here to do more good. Oh, for more sheaves for my Lord's garner, more jewels for his crown. But how, unless there be more work? True, there is the other side of it, that living so briefly our sins are the fewer. But oh, when we are fully serving God, and he is giving us to scatter precious seed and reap a hundredfold, we would even say it is well for us to abide where we are. Whether our master shall say go or stay, let us be equally well pleased so long as he indulges us with his presence.
There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Doubting one. Thou hast often said, I fear I shall never enter heaven. Fear not. All the people of God shall enter there. I love the quaint saying of a dying man who exclaimed, I have no fear of going home. I have sent all before me. God's finger is on the latch of my door, and I am ready for him to enter. But, said one, are you not afraid lest you should miss your inheritance? Nay, said he, nay, there is one crown in heaven which the angel Gabriel could not wear. It will fit no head but mine. There is one throne in heaven which Paul the Apostle could not fill. It was made for me, and I shall have it. O Christian, what a joyous thought! Thy portion is secure. There remaineth a rest. But cannot I forfeit it? No, it is entailed. If I be a child of God, I shall not lose it. It is mine as securely as if I was there. Come with me, believer, and let us sit upon the top of Nebo and view the goodly land, even Canaan. Seest thou that little river of death glistening in the sunlight? And across it, dost thou not see the pinnacles of the eternal city? Dost thou mark the pleasant country and all its joyous inhabitants? Know then that if thou couldst fly across, thou wouldest see written upon one of its many mansions, This remaineth for such a one, preserved for him only. He shall be caught up to dwell forever with God. Poor doubting one, see the fair inheritance. It is thine. If thou believest in the Lord Jesus, if thou hast repented of sin, if thou hast been renewed in heart, thou art one of the Lord's people, and there is a place reserved for thee, a crown laid up for thee, a harp specially provided for thee. No one else shall have thy portion. It is reserved in heaven for thee, and thou shalt have it ere long. For there shall be no vacant thrones in glory when all the chosen are gathered in.
the Lamb is the light thereof. Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. Quietly contemplate the Lamb as the light of heaven. Light in Scripture is the emblem of joy. The joy of the saints in heaven is comprised in this. Jesus chose us, loved us, bought us, cleansed us, robed us, kept us, glorified us. We are here entirely through the Lord Jesus. Each one of these thoughts shall be to them like a cluster of the grapes of Eshkol. Light is also the cause of beauty. Naught of beauty is left when light is gone. Without light, no radiance flashes from the sapphire, no peaceful ray proceedeth from the pearl. And thus all the beauty of the saints above comes from Jesus. As planets, they reflect the light of the sun of righteousness. They live as beams proceeding from the central orb. If he withdrew, they must die. If his glory were veiled, their glory must expire. Light is also the emblem of knowledge. In heaven, our knowledge will be perfect, but the Lord Jesus himself will be the fountain of it. Dark providences never understood before will then be clearly seen, and all that puzzles us now will become plain to us in the light of the Lamb. Oh, what unfoldings there will be, and what glorifying of the God of love. Light also means manifestation. Light manifests. In this world it doth not yet appear what we shall be. God's people are a hidden people, but when Christ receives his people into heaven, he will touch them with the wand of his own love and change them into the image of his manifested glory. They were poor and wretched, but what a transformation! They were stained with sin, but one touch of his finger, and they are bright as the sun and clear as crystal. Oh, what a manifestation! All this proceeds from the exalted Lamb. Whatever there may be of effulgent splendor, Jesus shall be the center and soul of it all. Oh, to be present and to see him in his own light, the King of kings and Lord of lords.
draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. The city hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. Revelation chapter 21 verse 23. Yonder in the better world, the inhabitants are independent of all creature comforts. They have no need of raiment, their white robes never wear out. Neither shall they ever be defiled. They need no medicine to heal diseases, for the inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. They need no sleep to recruit their frames. They rest not day nor night, but unwearily praise him in his temple. They need no social relationship to minister comfort, and whatever happiness they may derive from association with their fellows is not essential to their bliss, for their Lord's society is enough for their largest desires. They need no teachers there. They doubtless commune with one another concerning the things of God, but they do not require this by way of instruction. They shall all be taught of the Lord. Ours are the arms at the king's gate, but they feast at the table itself. Here we lean upon the friendly arm, but there they lean upon their beloved and upon him alone. Here we must have the help of our companions, but there they find all they want in Christ Jesus. Here we look to the meat which perisheth and to the raiment which decays before the moth, but there they find everything in God. We use the bucket to fetch us water from the well, but there they drink from the fountainhead and put their lips down to the living water. Here the angels bring us blessings, but we shall want no messengers from heaven then. They shall need no Gabriels there to bring their love notes from God, for there they shall see him face to face. Oh, what a blessed time shall that be when we shall have mounted above every second course and shall rest upon the bare arm of God. What a glorious hour when God, and not his creatures, the Lord, and not his works, shall be our daily joy. Our souls shall then have attained the perfection of bliss.
listening to a special devotional edition of Nightlight in which we're taking time to savor these beautiful heavenly instrumentals from Michael Fogarty and classic inspirations penned by Charles Spurgeon. If you go to our treasures365.com website, you'll find both Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening series and Faith's checkbook and you can listen to them online as well as a variety of other daily devotionals both classic and modern as well as my reading of the king james version of the bible praise the lord check it out at www.treasures365.com feeling all right while listening to nightlight The things which are not seen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. In our Christian pilgrimage, it is well for the most part to be looking forward. Forward lies the crown, and onward is the goal, whether it be for hope, for joy, for consolation, or for the inspiring of our love. The future must, after all, be the grand object of the eye of faith. Looking into the future, we see sin cast out, the body of sin and death destroyed, the soul made perfect and fit to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Looking further ahead, the believer's enlightened eye can see death's river past, the gloomy stream forded, and the hills of light attained on which standeth the celestial city. He seeth himself enter within the pearly gates, hailed as more than a conqueror, crowned by the hand of Christ, embraced in the arms of Jesus, glorified with him, and made to sit together with him on his throne, even as he has overcome and sat down with the Father on his throne. The thought of this future may well relieve the darkness of the past and the gloom of the present. The joys of heaven will surely compensate for the sorrows of earth. Hush, my fears, this world is but a narrow span, and thou shalt soon have passed it. Hush, hush, my doubts, death is but a narrow stream, and thou shalt soon have forded it. Time, how short, eternity, how long, death, how brief. Immortality, how endless! Methinks I even now eat of Eshkol's clusters and sip of the well which is within the gate. The road is so, so short. I shall soon be there. When the world my heart is rending with its heaviest storm of care, my glad thoughts to heaven ascending find a refuge from despair. Faith's bright vision shall sustain me till life's pilgrimage is past. Fears may vex and troubles pain me. I shall reach my home at last.
his heavenly kingdom. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18 Yonder city of the great king is a place of active service. Ransomed spirits serve him day and night in his temple. They never cease to fulfill the good pleasure of their king. They always rest so far as ease and freedom from care is concerned, and never rest in the sense of indolence or inactivity. Jerusalem the Golden is the place of communion with all the people of God. We shall sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in eternal fellowship. We shall hold high converse with the noble host of the elect, all reigning with him who, by his love and his potent arm, has brought them safely home. We shall not sing solos, but in chorus shall we praise our King. Heaven is a place of victory realized. Whenever, Christian, thou hast achieved a victory over thy lusts, whenever, after hard struggling, thou hast laid a temptation dead at thy feet, thou hast in that hour a foretaste of the joy that awaits thee when the Lord shall shortly tread Satan under thy feet, and thou shalt find thyself more than a conqueror through him who hath loved thee. Paradise is a place of security. When you enjoy the full assurance of faith, you have the pledge of that glorious security which shall be yours when you are a perfect citizen of the heavenly Jerusalem. Oh, my sweet home Jerusalem, thou happy harbor of my soul, thanks even now to him whose love hath taught me to long for thee, but louder thanks in eternity when I shall possess thee. My soul has tasted of the grapes, and now it longs to go where my dear Lord his vineyard keeps and all the clusters grow. Upon the true and living vine my famished soul would feast and banquet on the fruit divine and everlasting guest.
There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. How different will be the state of the believer in heaven from what it is here? Here he is born to toil and suffer weariness, but in the land of the immortal fatigue is never known. Anxious to serve his master, he finds his strength unequal to his zeal. His constant cry is, Help me to serve thee, O my God. If he be thoroughly active, he will have much labor, not too much for his will, but more than enough for his power, so that he will cry out, I am not wearied of the labor, but I am wearied in it. Ah, Christian, the hot day of weariness lasts not forever. The sun is nearing the horizon. It shall rise again with a brighter day than thou hast ever seen, upon a land where they serve God day and night, and yet rest from their labors. Here rest is but partial. There it is perfect. Here the Christian is always unsettled. He feels that he is not yet attained. There all are at rest. They have attained the summit of the mountain. They have ascended to the bosom of their God. Higher they cannot go. Ah, toil-worn laborer, only think when thou shalt rest forever. Canst thou conceive it? It is a rest eternal, a rest that remaineth. Here my best joys bear mortal on their brow, my fair flowers fade, my dainty cups are drained to dregs, my sweetest birds fall before death's arrows, my most pleasant days are shadowed into nights, and the flood tides of my bliss subside into ebbs of sorrow. But there everything is immortal, the harp abides unrusted, the crown unwithered, the eye undimmed, the voice unfaltering, the heart unwavering, and the immortal being is wholly absorbed in infinite delight. Happy day, happy when mortality shall be swallowed up of life, and the eternal Sabbath shall begin.
the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5. Our hope in Christ for the future is the mainspring and the mainstay of our joy here. It will animate our hearts to think often of heaven, for all that we can desire is promised there. Here we are weary and toil-worn, but yonder is the land of rest, where the sweat of labor shall no more bedew the worker's brow, and fatigue shall be forever banished. To those who are weary and spent, the word rest is full of heaven. We are always in the field of battle. We are so tempted within and so molested by foes without that we have little or no peace. But in heaven we shall enjoy the victory, when the banner shall be waved aloft in triumph and the sword shall be sheathed, and we shall hear our captain say, Well done, good and faithful servant. We have suffered bereavement after bereavement, but we are going to the land of the immortal, where graves are unknown things. Here sin is a constant grief to us, but there we shall be perfectly holy. For there shall by no means enter into that kingdom anything which defileth. Hemlock springs not up in the furrows of celestial fields. Oh, is it not joy that you are not to be in banishment forever, that you are not to dwell eternally in this wilderness, but shall soon inherit Canaan? Nevertheless, let it never be said of us that we are dreaming about the future and forgetting the present. Let the future sanctify the present, the highest uses. Through the spirits of God, the hope of heaven is the most potent force for the product of virtue. It is a fountain of joyous effort. It is the cornerstone of cheerful holiness. The man who has this hope in him goes about his work with vigor, for the joy of the Lord is his strength. He fights against temptation with ardor, for the hope of the next world repels the fiery darts of the adversary. He can labor without present reward, for he looks for a reward in the world to come.
Tears shall cease, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Yes, we shall come to this if we are believers. Sorrow shall cease, and tears shall be wiped away. This is the world of weeping, but it passes away. There shall be a new heaven and a new earth, so says the first verse of this chapter, and therefore there will be nothing to weep over concerning the fall and its consequent miseries. Read the second verse and note how it speaks of the bride and her marriage. The Lamb's wedding is a time for boundless pleasure and tears would be out of place. The third verse says that God himself will dwell among men and surely at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore and tears can no longer flow. What will our state be when there will be no more sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain? This will be more glorious than we can as yet imagine. O eyes that are red with weeping, cease your scalding flow, for in a little while ye shall know no more tears. None can wipe tears away like the God of love, but he is coming to do it. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Come, Lord, and tarry not, for now both men and women must weep. stranger in heaven. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Psalm 73 verse 24. From day to day and from year to year, my faith believes in the wisdom and love of God, and I know that I shall not believe in vain. No good word of his has ever failed, and I am sure that none shall ever fall to the ground. I put myself into his hand for guidance. I know not the way that I should choose. The Lord shall choose mine inheritance for me. I need counsel and advice, for my duties are intricate and my condition is involved. The counsel of the infallible God I seek in preference to my own judgment or the advice of friends. Soon the end will come. A few more years and I must depart out of this world unto the Father. My Lord will be near my bed. He will meet me at heaven's gate. He will welcome me to the glory land. I shall not be a stranger in heaven. My own God and Father will receive me to its endless bliss. Glory be to him who will guide me here and receive me hereafter. Amen.
thanks to Michael Fogarty for those beautiful instrumentals, and also to Charles Spurgeon, who I'm sure must be so thankful in heaven that his devotionals are still so popular and appreciated here on Earth. There's a variety of literally thousands of audio devotionals at treasures365.com. Please go in and help yourself. Well, that's it for now. Please do join me again next time for another international edition of Nightlight. God bless you. Bye-bye.